The Razor Show is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And the Patriots have home games coming up against the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and a, a Bills game that could be pretty exciting in December. So uh, there are some good tickets out there. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to the Razor Show with the Athletics' Nick Gunderhill and Jeff Howe, plus three-time Super Bowl champion Matt Chatham. What's up, everybody? It's the Razor Show, week before Thanksgiving, and the holidays are coming, and the Patriots are getting an early gift with Isaiah Wynn coming back. Oh, this is the Jeff and Nick edition. I guess we'll preface that. Uh, Isaiah Wynn's coming back off injured reserve, which, in theory, assuming he can stay healthy, will be a significant boost for the Patriots' offensive line. What say you, Nicholas? No, I think it's it's huge. I think that's probably uh, the biggest move that, that they could make. Um, you know, Marshall Newhouse is done fine for what he is. I mean, look, you're talking about a guy that was pulled off the streets in an emergency situation, thrown in there for what he is and where he's come from. Like, I'm not going to bag on him too much. I think we all know the quality of play and what he's brought and the detriment, you know, overall that's been to the offense. And when's going to be a, a massive upgrade, you know, you got a first round guy over a street free agent. And that should make a significant difference. The running game has been lackluster. Um, you know, the I, I think the passing offense is, is also going to benefit because there's just going to be times where Brady's going to feel a little bit more confident allowing a play to develop an extra half a tick longer, which, you know, can be a significant difference. It's, you know, sometimes the difference between being hurried and not being hurried. And, and I think inherently there's times probably where Brady feels that clock ticking in his mind a little bit quicker than maybe it would if he was confident in his left tackle. So it's uh, it's going to be a, a big, big upgrade for this offense. Like, how much does it change everything? You know, that's to be determined. But I think just the overall uh, quality of, of play at that left tackle spot should be – it's going to be night and day moving forward. Yeah, I think before we – or before I want to specifically jump to win, I'll kind of add to your point about Newhouse – and uh, look, we'll preface this by giving you the film stats that we've compiled. He's allowed 29 disruptions, which is the most on the team, at actually only four and a half more than Marcus Cannon. He's allowed seven sacks, which is, you know, the next closest is one and a half. So that's a ton. He's allowed 13 quarterback hits. The next closest is seven. So 13's a ton. And he's allowed nine pressures. And that's that comprises the 29 disruptions. So... Obviously, he has been, I guess, what you would call the weak link on the offensive line. But it's really, really important, as you mentioned, Nick, to mention the context. And I'm working on a story that's going to publish either, I don't know, later Wednesday night or, or Thursday morning about the entire offensive line and how the Patriots have gotten to this point and all the moving parts. And it's not just at left tackle. But if you look specifically at the left tackle spot, Marshall Newhouse was plan seven. So it started with Isaiah Wynn. Now, of course, you back it up even further. The Patriots' last two starting left tackles, Nate Solder and Trent Brown, signed historic contracts and left in, as, in free agency. 
So the Patriots were perfectly comfortable going to their 2018 first-round pick and Isaiah Wynn, and they knew that he was going to be ready for week one once he started the full sprints back at the end of OTAs. But, of course, that didn't fully materialize, and they had to be deliberate with his comeback. So who was plan B, just in case Wynn wasn't going to be ready or had any setbacks? Jared Veld here, retired within, I think it was eight days. Who was plan C? Yodney Kajust was a third-round draft pick, never got off NFI. The Patriots opened training camp with Joe Tooney at left tackle. That was plan four. Then they went to Dan Skipper the first weekend of training camp, plan five. And I think by the end, this was the only one that's a little loose here. Cole Croston, I think, would have gotten a chance to leapfrog Skipper on the depth chart had he not gotten injured in the third preseason game and ultimately released. So he was plan six. And then Newhouse, once he was released from injured reserve down in New Orleans signed in week two to be basically a backup right tackle and then Isaiah Wynn gets hurt on the at the end of the first series down in Miami tries to play one snap in the second series and they have to kick Newhouse three practices deep from right tackle to left tackle on the fly and again you you weigh all of that and I, I think if if anything and I know he hasn't been great but if anything he's at least stabilized the position when it was a total hurricane of chaos for the first, or for the last, I don't even know, basically the entire offseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to Jeff Howe this, but I mean, you know, Newhouse is, is basically builder's grade and like they knew what they were getting into. This isn't, you know, craftsmanship or anything like that. It's just a guy that, that you're putting in there and he's done, you know, we, we, we aren't, <laughs> I just don't want to bag on the guy. That's basically why the context is needed. Cause like, it's just not fair to like sit here and just say that, you know, like he sucks or anything like that. Like he is what he is. Situation's tough. You know, even a guy like him, if he would have gotten the whole off season with uh Skarnecchia, I, I think he'd probably be a few ticks better than he has been, but you know, it's coming in, learning on the fly and you know, it just, ha- it hasn't been great, <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it's just the context definitely needed. And you know, it, it's just the question now of how much difference does Wim make? I think we can all identify the biggest issue on the team, both sides of the ball. It's definitely been left tackle. Um, you know, how much is that weakness there maybe made things harder on the guy standing next to him between him and, and you know, Ted Karras, another replacement part. Now, if you strengthen up left tackle, does does left guard get a little bit better? Uh, is, is there a domino effect across the line where, where things start to look a b- little bit better? You know, I, I don't know if Wynn's been super dominant in the run game, but, you know, our sample size is extremely limited with him. So I'm not ready to make any sweeping statements there either. But I do think just overall the quality should go up just a little bit. And I think just that little bit of a pr- improvement, you know, it, it should help the offense overall. Now, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get to a point in the season where the offense is is even close to being on par with, with the defense's. But it just has to be good enough. And I think their offense, even as constituted last week, you know, it, it's good enough to get to where they want to go. And then you have some luck and, and you can go all the way with it. But, you know, getting a little bit better at that left tackle spot. And then, you know, things settling down a wide receiver. I, You know, I, I wrote this after the game. I still don't really feel comfortable, comfortable making a, a sweeping evaluation on the offense. And that's a little bit bizarre considering they've played 10 games. But it's just, you know, we're at a point now where, like, Sanu has three games. Harry's played one. Wynn's coming back. Like three pretty significant parts of this offense are, are still in the settling in phase that, you know, 
should have been taking place back in September, but you know, it's just where they're at now. And I, you know, it might be December 1st before we kind of really have an idea of what to expect from this offense going into the playoffs. First of all, that, that pun would have been better on Twitter. So I I might've flown over, might've flown over a couple heads there. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, I mean, Isaiah Wynn, he's every time he's on the field, he looks the part. He looks really, really good. He looks like a first round pick. And I think has kind of validated what people said about him after the draft that if he did come out of Georgia healthy, he would have been a top 10 pick, and he almost certainly would have been the first offensive lineman off the board. I mean, I don't think, um, hopefully I'm not screwing this up, but I think the first offensive lineman off the board went ninth overall in that draft. So this wasn't like a a draft that he came out of where there was that franchise caliber left tackle. But when uh, was coming out of Georgia with a torn shoulder labrum, which he played through at the end of the season, and helped his team get to the national championship uh, game. And then he comes back, and I think this is the next part of the equation, is what can we realistically expect from him? Because he has to do something now that we've never seen him do. And he is come, He came along gradually during his rookie offseason. He didn't play in the preseason opener in 2018. He played the second game, and in his ninth snap, his he tore his Achilles. Done for the year. And then, so that's two major injuries. Then he comes back, and he played really well against the Steelers. And I thought this was pretty crazy, too. So he plays nine preseason snaps as a rookie before he's gone for the year. He played 47 preseason snaps this past summer. So he's played 56 total preseason snaps of NFL football. And then he goes into week one and plays wire to wire all 70 snaps and I I thought that was remarkably impressive he gave up a sack on the final play of the third quarter and got called for holding in the fourth quarter I don't fault him for either one of those because the guy was probably gassed I mean completely had to be on empty so this was uh, when he's on the field he looks the part but so far in terms of regular season play the guys played a game in a series and he tried to play one snap in the next series and he had to tap out because he had the turf toe. So we'll see if he can finish out these next six-plus games and and really fortify that left tackle position. But if, you know, if we're being responsible and fair here, he has to do something we've never seen him do before. What's your, what's your overall confidence level in the offense right now? Uh, it's... You know, it's it's hard to say because last season completely changed everything. I mean, the whole narrative. And, you know, like 2014, 2016, you knew those teams were, were juggernauts. You knew that they could go into the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Last year, even when they beat the Bills and I think it was the Dolphins, the, one, the last two games that they won in the regular season after, or no, not the Dolphins because they lost in Miami in week 14 and then threw up a stinker the following week in Pittsburgh. So it was the Bills and the Jets. Even when they did that, it was like, all right, but it's the Bills and the Jets, and it was at home. So, you know, how much is that going to translate into going into Kansas City and potentially winning a shootout with the Chiefs? And obviously they turned into the toughest team in the NFL, uh, and they ran the ball well, they played hard-nosed defense, and it was sort of a complimentary across-the-board effort. And their offense performed at a level in the playoffs last year that we really didn't see, or at least not with any consistency throughout the entire regular season. So it's like, 
part of me says, do they deserve the blind faith? Or is this a completely different type of team right now because the offensive line is a little bit different? I mean, yeah, it's the Patriots. So they do deserve a lot of blind faith. But the other side of that one, you know, the other side of that coin is, you know, that team was so damn good in the last five games when they, you know, when they won five straight to win the Super Bowl that it's it's almost disrespectful to that team to say that this team can come out and replicate what they did down the stretch. Now, any offense that has Tom Brady uh, and Julian Edelman and James White is is, you know, championship caliber, I think. But the offensive line has to help them out, and they're going to have to figure out a way to run the ball because, you know, they were so dominant running the ball last postseason, and we just haven't seen enough from them so far this season to just assume that's going to be the case. So, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Yeah, I I have trouble seeing that running game come back. I I just don't see – look, and I'm going to – I'm going to – say that like i'm not like this isn't a hot take and i'm not saying it's not coming back i'm just saying like right now i don't see where it comes back now i'm willing to be totally wrong on this and you know i'll I'll admit i'm wrong if it does come back but i just don't see sony michelle like is the player that i saw last year you know when i watched this team before coming down up here to take the job you know I, i went through i watched all their games and like he just doesn't look the same to me and there's times when he's out there running where i i feel like he's not seeing the field clearly, um, you know, he's indecisive sometimes. Now, like most of the time, he he gets what's blocked, but he's not getting anything beyond what's what's getting blocked pretty much ever. Like there just hasn't been very many high points to his season. Like it's it's been at best fine and a lot of times subpar. And I don't know if putting win in changes that drastically. Now, I I, I felt like a few times like. I've seen James White take some runs where, you know, it's a Sony type of play, you know, some power type elements, things like that. And he's looked better at it than than Sony has. Now, I don't think that you want to lean on him as, you know, your lead back. I don't know if he can take that pounding or anything like that. But I'm just saying it to say that, like, your guy that's supposed to be in that role, like, has not fulfilled that role. And if the passing game struggles, like, let's say, you know, Sanu for whatever reason, has issues moving forward, loses some trust. Harry doesn't get to quite to where he needs to be, and Brady's not trusting everybody. I just don't think that they can flip that switch and get that running game going again. Now, maybe they do find it. It's just, you know, right now today, I don't I don't see the path to that, to where they could replicate what they did last year. Yeah, it's been disappointing. And not just in comparison to last year, which is, you know, so easy for all of us to see, but I thought Sony Michelle looked really good in training camp too. And he yep. just he hasn't shown that. I mean, a lot was made of the way Sony Michelle was catching the ball in training camp, but just the way that he he made his cuts and got through the hole and you could see some burst once he got into the second level. And there's been a lot of, you know, tepidness, indecisiveness, as I think you said. And you know, there have been a lot of times when, especially over the last month, when the running game has looked better when it's been Rex Burkhead and James White. And, you know, that's disappointing because, you know, Sony Mich- last year wasn't a fluke. And what Sony Michelle did at Georgia wasn't a fluke. He's got all the talent in the world, and it's just it, it hasn't materialized to the same extent as it did last season when he was a rookie. And, and again, I'll use the word, he was dominant in the postseason. So, 
some of that. One of my favorite Belichick phrases is when he's talking about the running game and the running backs in particular, and he says they have to make yards. And that's to your point. Like, yeah, he's gotten what has been blocked in front of him, but is he getting anything more? Is he breaking tackles? And you're just not seeing that. You know, sometimes you see it a couple times a game, and it's like, all right, there it is. But it hasn't been consistent enough. Now, is he is the lack of confidence in the offensive line on his part? Does he not have the chemistry with the blocking? Is the blocking off? I mean, maybe because you've got two backups. Maybe the blocking sequences are a little bit off. I don't know. I mean, those are truly only questions that guys who are in it, on the team, and part of it, can answer. And we sit here and we speculate and we wonder. And uh, But, you know, the one thing that we can all agree upon is the running game just hasn't been what it was last year. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, it, it is going to be important for them to establish that a little bit. And you're right. It, it could just be something with, with chemistry with the offensive line. And, and maybe there are things that we aren't seeing. And it is a lot of speculating. And it's just weird, though, like across the board. It's not even like I did a breakdown of all his runs. And it's not even like stuff to the left side versus the right side. Like the stuff to the left side has been equally as bad as the stuff to the right side. And the stuff, you know, through the middle like it's just been across the board it's just hasn't been there so you know i i don't think it's as simple as like a a, a new house first cannon thing a chemistry thing it's just not been it's just not been good and you know maybe maybe there's an element of of him you know still fighting some stuff maybe he got off to a slow start maybe what we thought we saw in camp you know I don't know. It's just been really weird. And that's probably been one of the biggest mysteries of the season to me is that, you know, I at least thought there was like a, a floor with that running game and how low it could go. And then heading into the last week's game, it's 3.3 yards per carry, which I think was bottom five in the league. And that just wasn't something that I thought was was possible, you know, coming into this season. I, I thought Sony was, was a very solid guy. You know, I, the injury stuff was a concern for a little bit. And then, like you said, we saw him in camp and that, that seemed to dissipate, and you know, this guy delivered him to a Super Bowl. I mean, I, I don't even think that's that's a you know a blazing take or anything. Like he was very instrumental in doing that, as you said, he was dominant, and now he's just very, very extremely regular. And I don't know how that changes. Like it can, and it needs to, but it's just like how how does it happen? But I mean. Overall, though, the offense is as constituted. I know it's been like a huge talking point. There's a lot of concern about the passing offense, mostly based off of Brady's attitude and, and demeanor and his press conference coming out of the game. But it kind of sounds like you're in the same boat as me is that, you know, it's good enough to get there as long as everything else goes right around it. I mean, is it a huge concern to you or do you feel you feel as if that's kind of the case? You know, it's we, I had a thought that. <clears throat> You know, in the past, when this offense is operating at, at its highest level, all you needed was the defense to make that one stop. And that one timely stop in the second half, and the offense can put some separation between them and whoever their opponent is. And this season, it's the opposite. It's like, can the offense give you that one second half drive that is going to help the defense put the separation between the Patriots and their opponent? And... The, the scary thing there is, you know, if they're operating the offensively at, let's call it a C-minus level, or whatever is substandard in Tom Brady's eyes, and they're in another potential shootout, or a game where you know that you at least have to get into the high 20s against the Ravens or the Chiefs, I mean, who 
either one of those teams could wind up in in Foxborough in uh in the divisional round scarily enough I think for the Patriots but you know if you need to get that drive in order to help out your defense are are they going to be able to do it and it's kind of weird it's it's the roles have reversed not just in the sense that the identity has shifted from the offense to the defense it's like can you get that one drive from that unit uh to at least pull its weight in a huge victory yeah, that, that's kind of the thing. It's those two teams, and then I think in the NFC, like the Saints could be a team where they would need to do that, although the Saints kind of only have two weapons on on offense, so maybe that, that's a decent matchup in a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know who else is in the NFC that, that would kind of stress them out. Maybe maybe the Packers. Uh, I don't know. I, I would just um, say San Francisco. Just I don't think it'd be the 49ers. I just said that. <laughs> well, yeah, we okay, disagree there. That. Just because of the running game. <laughs> and I think they would be disciplined enough to run the ball uh, for as much as possible until they get, you know, like a three-touchdown lead and Kyle Shanahan just wants to throw it all over the place. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm looking right now. I'm a little bit surprised by how many points they have scored. I, I didn't I didn't uh, realize they were at 295 points. So, I mean, yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, there aren't a lot of teams that I think, you know – would be able to put that kind of shootout stress on them. Like, I, I still kind of like, I don't know if the 49ers would end up in a shootout. It could be a high 20s game, though. But, I mean, I think the the biggest stress test would come in the, the AFC versus Baltimore or Kansas City. And, yeah, this is a moment, like, where I can say I grossly underestimated Lamar Jackson. I, I thought that, you know, at some point that offense would start to get figured out. But he's just a really, really unique talent and – you know, in the in the rematch, I do think that they would have a little bit better of an idea of how to match up against him. But I think it's kind of more of like a containing and not a taking away of him. And, you know, how do you go about that? And even if you do a good job of containing him, you might again end up needing, you know, yeah, 20 some points. And it's it's really bizarre to sit here and say that, you know, <laughs> the offense might struggle to get to that point. And it, the other thing that's kind of crazy, too, is like, you know, we're looking at the wide receiver and we're talking about Sanu at this point, and they had so many, it seemed like an endless point of options at a certain when they had Antonio Brown, that list of like guys where they had to go through, and you're looking at the list and you're like, okay, all these things here, all these names here, there, there's a moderate level of risk here, a high level of risk here, whatever, whatever, whatever. And you're going down the list and it's like, okay, there's so many layers of protection before they bottom out and get to the bottom of that list. And like they actually bottomed out and got to the bottom of that list. And now it's another guy that wasn't even on the team at that point. And it's just so hard to evaluate. Like I said at the top, like we can sit here and talk about these concerns about the, the offense, but like I honestly don't know what it's going to look like in three weeks. I have no idea how Harry's going to settle in. I thought there were uh, some decent signs of hope in that first game, but that needs to be built on significantly if he's going to be a vital part of this offense. Or he could just be, you know, kind of a guy that goes out there and blocks and makes three catches a game for, you know, 20 yards and, and that's it. And that's his role. And there would be value to that. But like, I don't know the range between those two things is is so significant that that whole outlook of the offense kind of hinges on what he is, you know, by the end of December. And I just don't know what that is. Yeah, a lot of question marks, and the Patriots have more than enough time to answer them. We didn't even get to the Cowboys game, but we ran out of time. we got to get to the locker room. We know Chatham will hit on the Cowboys later on in the week, uh, but this was the midweek Jeff and Nick edition of the Razor Show. We'll catch you next week with a special show that you need to look forward to.